Who are we? Nobodies. Speak for yourself. Okay. We're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films. Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe we can learn a thing or two. Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films, failing our way to success. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First frames first. Hello, and welcome to Fable Forest Films Indie Film Podcast, number 18. First frames first. First frames first. We have we have a, 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 a third co-host today. Hey, uh, Derek Lackenbauer. Good morning. The incredible actor, Derek Lackenbauer. I'm your, you. Uh, I'm your, you know, uh, one of your other hosts. Jason can't Green. Speak, can't and... speak right now. My name is Adrian Constant, and welcome, everybody. And uh, we have beers. Today's and... beer is Flying Monkey oh, Mythology. I have had Flying Monkey. Yes, as have I. Yeah. This All is right. A, this is a good beer. Here you go. And uh, so Jason's going to give us a quick run through what we're doing today, what we're going to be talking about. And this will, in fact, be the first day. This will, in fact, be the first day uh, or the first time that we will. It's backwards. Who opens it that way? It's always this will be the first time that we put the whole podcast on YouTube, if anybody cares. Now we're doing this especially Nobody because cares. I'm here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. We're also going to try to keep it to an hour. Cheers, gentlemen. Um, uh, and sorry, one I, has to take a drink when they cheers, or it is bad luck. Have a have a gulp. Derek just forced Jason to drink a beer. So back to your and and. <laughs> do you feel do you feel demasculinated? <laughs> like well, the I, here's the thing. <laughs> Those we're, are watching. We're in a, when we're in a, cheers, you must take a drink. It's it's. I'm not of, making any jokes about <laughs> feeling. <laughs> Um, I wanted to say uh, thank you to uh, a couple folks who did uh, go onto iTunes when we did the the call out a couple weeks ago, gave us a, a five star review and put comments in iTunes. It actually really helps us out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, uh, iTunes will recognize us as a show, which is amazing. That's and one day, uh, someday, probably so a Tuesday. If you're if you're listening. Shoot over to iTunes, do a search for First Frames First, and uh, and leave a comment for us, and uh, we would really appreciate it. It helps us. Yeah. Yeah. So, today's show, we're going to quickly recap where we are with our short film, My Huntsville Muse. Love it. Um, we're going to talk about a, a new uh, film studio slash location that's popped up in our hometown. Which is awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into some, we, we were starting some animated discussions about uh, some of the master classes going on, so we're going to talk about that real quick. Um, Adrian wants to talk about some books. Again, we're going to do our trivia segment, which does not have a, a name or a theme song. And then we're going to get into uh, discussing our new improv project, Winter Wonderland, uh, yeah. a little bit later on uh, before the hour is out. Very exciting stuff. So, guys, if you're on YouTube, stick around. If um, where No, are everybody on? stick around now. Yeah, stick around. Yeah. Adrian's just going to shut the camera off. Okay, love go. you. Bye, guys. Cheers, everyone. Okay, that was good. Now, here's the problem. We did not press play on our little timer, but that is okay. Three minutes. Three minutes? Wonderful. Three minutes. We're in, we're, okay. We are keeping it to an hour. I'm impressed. I didn't... You didn't like anything. I didn't like anything? <laughs> Derek says okay. I say like a lot. Yeah. And, uh, I, do you know what? Articulate that. 
I I don't uh, I haven't heard that before, which is weird. I think it, it when see you had a direction there, okay. what you wanted to say and what you wanted to get out. Once you start throwing out something that's coming out right now, type right. of thing that you're talking about something, and you're describing something or whatever, it's every every new thought you have seems to start with a like. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> you have to understand that all of the wheels are turning inside my brain right now. So. And how does it feel? Is it like? It hurts. It hurts. Now I have to pay attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth, and it's oh, pretty frustrating. That, I'm not that, is the, that is the whole reason you. That is the whole reason. That is not the reason you started doing a podcast. So I would have to pay attention. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, I appreciate that, and you know what? It was funny because. Uh, uh, I think that I said on the last show that I was going to re-listen to all of the shows. I was going to take notes yeah, and uh, start to put down kind of in each show what we had talked about. And, and I have done it much better for some. Like if you look at all the show notes for all the shows on the website, for some I have little videos and pictures yeah. and things like that. Some I couldn't remember what we talked about other than the main bullet points. So I started re-listening to the show and... I will get through it. I'm going to do this. But I will say, I forgot that we probably have in the neighborhood of 50 hours of, you know, Ramblings. 40 to 50 hours of rambling. 17 yeah. shows at, you know how often we do a three-hour show. So um, that is a lot of audio. So yeah. I started in the car and, and I started making, I downloaded a, a little app so that I could uh, pause the show, flip over to the app, start recording my voice and talk about whatever and, and i hear now you gentlemen are trying to dwindle things down if you can to kind of keep it contained to an hour if we can yeah we wrote down in the last show but we didn't do a good job but in the last show we were i think two hours um, but during the two hour show we came up with the concept for a one hour show which uh -huh. is essentially so I, we wrote it down and pinned it on the board but essentially less than five minutes of an intro which we made it mm -hmm. we were three minutes um, then we called it golf talk six to 10 minutes. So basically just talk about something that's going on right now that has nothing necessarily to do with, with a project, but it could, it could a be bit a bit of babbling, a bit yeah. of babbling, whether Freestyle. it's, yeah, yeah, whether it's, um, uh, you know, the masterclass stuff or something that we just want to chat about. Then we get into current events for 10 minutes. Um, so at this point we'd be at 20 minutes and this is kind of where we catch up on my Huntsville muse or the scripts or. Um, something we just want to give quick updates on. Mm -hmm. Then we get into trivia. The trivia for us last time took us like 30 minutes or more. Yeah. Uh, so we decided... You, you didn't get through that section. No, I didn't. It, no. was, it was a lot of fun, but... It is so much fun. But, I, do, I do apologize. No, no, no. It's our fault for the 30 minutes happening at the at the hour, <laughs> hour 45. 40 mark. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so we originally we said we would do five questions each, but I think we're going to knock it down to three or four. Um but we'll just have fun with trivia every week. And then, Trivia's and then by fun. about 35 minutes, we're going to get into the meat. So we'll spend 25 minutes working on something specific, whether meat? it's... The meat. The meat. Of the show. Oh. Yeah, we won't... <laughs> what we'll get into the weed. And um, the weeds. But uh, yeah, son of a pitch or, or whatever we want to talk about. You're a son of a pitch. So, still on track. Um... Let's skip my Huntsville Muse. Let's put that in the current events section. Gentlemen, there's a new building in town. It's mm -hmm. called Lot 42 in, in our hometown of Kitchener, Ontario. And uh, I don't know anything about it other than 
it's this huge warehouse off the off the side of our main highway, our main thoroughfare, and we've been noticing it for ages. For ages, I have driven past that that place since I've been here, and always wondered what was inside there. It was just some massive factory. Just years empty. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, absolutely. And I and I, I did some painting work in this smaller building just in front of it. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. The lot part. Oh, yeah, yeah. And always wondered myself too. Well, what even goes on in there anymore? Because nothing was even active then. Every once in a while, you might hear a baby monitor. That's right. <laughs> and then it was... Murder. A few weeks ago or so, was driving by with family and saw the big lights rocking all over the place and colored lights everywhere coming out of the glass walls and limos pulling up and mm -hmm. there was something going on and I thought, oh so must, crap. must have been a super right. private party, but now they, they, did, uh, they had some Facebook ads um and uh and i saw that and they were doing a i think they actually might have posted it in like a like a local film uh community or whatever mm -hmm. um but they were saying that they're going to do their their grand opening they're going to have some concerts they're going to have free stuff for kids in the morning and then you got to be a little bit more you got to be of age like later on in the evening so i jumped on and grabbed four four tickets for the event just in case any of us yeah. want to go and so look no, inside the building and see no, what's nobody has really mentioned what it is but it is a film studio space correct that is just big and it's available for creative people to go in there and make creative things happen so i i did speak to someone who was handling the marketing at one stage i don't know if she's handling the marketing anymore but she <laughs> spoke about like podcasting rooms you know just it's basically a space that has anything a creative person would want to technically turn their vision into something. Now, when you as say, far as space goes. When you yeah. say podcasting room, do yeah. you mean they're already set up with microphones or is it just believe, an empty room? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea how far they would have taken it. But, it, I mean, they would... Obviously, no, I have no idea. So, it'll be interesting for us to see when we go there. So, when we go there and they're like, we're making podcasting rooms and rooms where you can make movies and we'll say... We're movie-making podcasters. Yeah, and do you know what else we could say? Do you have any openings... For a general manager. There you go. Right? <laughs> no. Uh, but that would be amazing. Like, that <laughs> yeah. would be, that's the thing. We'll say, gentlemen, we don't have any money. Yeah. We would like to <laughs> become your poor podcasters like say, and filmmakers it, and residents. And driving by it, even this evening I saw, it was just kind of a vast openness. Right. So, awesome space to create in, mm -hmm. but... Still leaving you, obviously, with some kind of budget necessary to oh, create sure. it. It's interesting because I went to... You're not going to do it for free, then. I, I really do wonder about it because it is very glass. Bringing in your own open. building materials, the whole nine yards, to build said set instead of places we've seen before where they have a million options over here and yeah. you can put this together and yeah. make a set. We you should talk like Digital Canaries in Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. yeah you probably should... need to bring your own walls in and stuff like that yeah. and take them out. So. We should but have a... But space to do uh, so. We should have a show where we talk about digital canaries someday. Mm -hmm. We should see if we can get them on. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it'd be it's who knows what it's who knows what it is. We should go and check it out and just see. Yeah. I was just gonna say that um, when I went to Universal Studios and got to go on like a backlot tour and stuff, mm -hmm. their their big hangars where they like build huge sets and stuff, they are like crazy sound and light proof, like and their doors are crazy thick and so I don't know, when I see this place and I see it's full of glass and stuff, I'm just unsure what the plan is. Right. Do you know what? I, I mean, I've, I've worked on films where we've shot in big studio spaces 
And there's always issues with sound, mm. but it's negligible issues, right? Right. It's like controlling when, the echoing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that it, they have you have lav mics. You know what I mean? Right. People are also inside a room, inside the room. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. But like the sound of the highway, yeah, that might be really difficult. You know, it might be really difficult. But I mean, lav mic. You have a lav mic right in the actor's throat, and mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. And I guess we'll know, see. It's not Universal Studios. No. It's Lot 42 in Kitchener. So we will have to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Because I'm that, excited that, that, plastic, that plastic glass siding might be some kind of soundproofing. Mm-hmm. Because it is right next to the There must right? have been... I, I have to assume there's been obvious thought put into that. Yeah. If they're creating like they are. Yeah. It's very exciting that it's happening mm-hmm. in our small little town. It's the biggest it's too bad we thing. weren't able to develop such a space. Yeah, true. I mean, they are spending a lot of dollar bills. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, like, it's it's literally one of the biggest biggest buildings in the city. <laughs> yes, so. gentlemen, Christmas is coming up. Mm. Yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have been uh, thinking about what you want for Christmas and talking to your significant others. My wife told me what she wanted for Christmas and. It's kind of killing me because I forget already and it's making me a little <laughs> upset because it's something that you shouldn't forget. Um, I ha- We were at Costco the other day and I was uh, mentioning to my, my boy that I was interested in a Bluetooth speaker. However, what's happening here? However, uh, last year I tried to convince my wife to buy me the Kevin Spacey acting masterclass. Now, I'm never going to be an actor, but when I watched the trailer for it online, it just sparked my imagination, and even though I'm not an actor, I just wanted to watch all of it and consume every lesson and... Every drop. You just want to take mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey and squeeze him into your mind. Yeah, my <laughs> mind. Exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, now, you had... you had Who's coming uh, recently? You were, we were just excitedly talking yeah. about Yeah, so, so I will say one of the ones... So, Shonda Rhimes, she's the showrunner for Grey's Anatomy and for... Grey's Anatomy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does Scandal. Scandal. Yeah. That's the other one. So she's like, she's how basically to, how like... How to a, Catch a Murderer? Yeah. How to, how, oh. Yes. How to Get Away with Murder? That's How to Get Away with Murder. And she is essentially a like a TV content powerhouse. Oh, yeah. Because she's show she's running... She's like show running all of these. Anyway, so she has a masterclass on there. Love to do her masterclass. What's, also, her, what's her masterclass about? Television. Being inside oh. the writer's room. Making oh. television shows. Cool. Yeah. And then there's David Mamet who is just tough as nails kind of, you know, playwright and screenwriter, and he's also directed. We talked about his book on directing. Yeah. A couple shows ago. And he is, and so I'd love to do his, because he's, he has, his a lot of his philosophies, I, I feel like I can get on board with a lot of the things that he says. Um, These would be extremely exciting, because I remember just doing classes in my younger days. Yeah, man. And just being able to explore and go. And then seeing these trailers, like what you were talking about with Kevin Spacey, it just, you know, he's laying down on the ground, he's yelling at people, sit on your hands, you know, like just, they're just getting and, into and it's, it. It's and that like, would be incredible. It's chapters and chapters love it, and love chapters it, it. that you pay a couple bucks for. I mean, I think it's like 90 US dollars mm-hmm. or something right around there. Which is not. And you get to, no, and for, you get to have content like that. hours and hours and hours of his lessons in class. So, so yeah, so, so I, one of the things that I, I left, I left, once I left university and I went and worked for a little while, I had the opportunity to go back to like a, a classroom environment 
where someone who knew what they were talking about taught me something. And I was like, I just felt that the classroom environment was amazing. Mm-hmm. You have someone standing in front of you who knows. And they are taking you on, an, on a journey of information. Right. And it's so, it is, it is absolutely one of the most magnificent places to be, is in this learning environment. And they give it to you online. Anyway, the other one is Aaron Sorkin, and then the big. Ex- I mean Aaron Sorkin. And then the big exciting one, which is coming up, is Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. He's doing a masterclass on directing. Yeah, yeah. on on filmmaking and directing, and just every the top 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 people are doing this. So you can imagine what's going to happen when t- they turn around and Steven Spielberg says, "This is my masterclass." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you you're going to find out how he deconstructs his movies, how he puts them together, what his thinking process is, and I mean that's just. That's like a secret doorway. It's going to be like, hi, I'm Phil Dinglenuts, and this is my <laughs> master class on budgeting. I'm a certified professional accountant, and no, but you, I mean, it's going to uh, be amazing. Wait until, wait until you go there and a producer goes, I produced these, sure, all these movies, and this, these are the things you need to think about when being a producer, and this is my master class. Crazy, right? Yeah. Because it's the, like directing is the directing directing is the top I mean, level. I'm not gonna lie. Right? I reached out and offered my services, and they <laughs> laughed at me real hard. And then said yes. No, yeah. they did not say yes. But just like like what we're talking about is the most popular masterclasses, like the writers' masterclass, the directors' masterclass, the thing where where people pay a lot of money for this stuff. But just think about the producers' masterclass and the cinematographers' masterclass. These are big deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so much educational so Amazing. i'm just yeah. saying now you you have an idea for what you want for christmas i'm throwing mm-hmm. it out there um everyone should check it out i'm gonna on the on the show notes i'm gonna post a couple of our faves and uh, and check them out and we're not getting paid to shill but these things are so exciting yeah and do you know what i haven't i haven't done one no but i can't wait yeah, yeah. certainly looking forward to it yeah, yeah very cool okay um you wanted to quickly talk about some books that you're well, yeah. So I just wanted to mention one book that I've that I've uh, that I've just finished reading. It's called Aristotle's Poetics for Screenwriters. So Aristotle wrote a book on because ancient Greece, they used to they used to put on plays. It was like part of life, like a lot, mm-hmm. right? And Aristotle actually wrote a book on the structure of plays and what makes a play really great and what makes a play bad and what plays should be, um, in order to be great plays. Anyway, so um, the gentleman that wrote this, Michael, Michael Tierno, Tierno. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. He what what he did was he just took it and he he sort of abbreviated what Aristotle said and he uh, just um, linked it to directly to what a screenwriter might need to hear. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to just uh, one of the main points and one of the the big takeaways from the book is just that everything. In your screenplay or in your story has to point towards the primary purpose and function of the story it all has to be part of the same story system Mm. and this is this this is more important than people realize like cutting out the crap from your from your screenplay from your story is a lot it's a lot more difficult than people realize you take one section of dialogue Mm -hmm. And you say, if you take that section of dialogue, you say, what piece of this dialogue is actually moving the story forward? And what is just someone flapping their lips? Sure. Because you, because you felt like this character needed to say all this stuff. And you can usually whittle it down, down, down to one line 
of glorious moving the story forward, you know. Instead of a blubbering unnecessary monologue. I will say, I will say that sometimes that hurts. Like, sometimes you have a scene which you really love with like a joke that you think is hilarious and you're like, this just has to go. This whole half (laughs) page just has to go away because it doesn't really do anything, right? And I could move these characters to the next stage just by taking this completely out and we just saved a half a page when you're going too long or whatever. But, oh, it's so frustrating sometimes when you want to tell a joke. Yeah, the the thing is though that, and this, we learned this when we did, uh, when we did Five Alarm, is that even your jokes have to be in line with the primary story. Yeah. Because all the jokes in Five Alarm were funny, hilarious, but they were random. They weren't in line with the primary, this is the story, so the jokes kind of Move are part of that story. Yeah, they're yeah. also moving the story forward. They, there's not a disconnect. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was probably one of the main takeaways from that book. I recommend it. I recommend all books. All information, in fact, I recommend. Because there's a lot of people, when I'm listening to podcasts, there's a lot of people who say, no, 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 don't go and do that seminar with that person. You know, I don't understand why anyone would not want information. Sure. And you know what? Sometimes you want to read a book like Dean Koontz's The City. That's fine. It's just not very good. <laughs> but you should read it because it's important. It's important to read books that turn out to not be great. Because yeah. otherwise, how are you going to know when a book is amazing? Yeah. And that's why you should that's watch correct. lots of movies too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough. It, it, it is tough. It to gets get... tough watching shit movies. Yeah. When the movie gets really caca. Just right. move on to the next thing. Speaking of, yeah. good segue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loaned you uh, one of my favorite uh, comic book series of all time. Now, I do have a few of my favorites, but we'll talk about one in particular. Mm-hmm. So I gave you the whole run of Transmetropolitan, which mm-hmm. is uh, Garth Ennis and... Um, am I right? Or Warren Ellis? Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis, sorry. They're almost interchangeable. Garth Ennis wrote Preacher, who I love, and now it's a show on AMC. Um, so Transmetropolitan, how are you enjoying it so far? I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's awesome. Can I tell you, uh, who was super interested at one point in playing Spider-Jerusalem? You, you must know already. You read the, read the forwards? No. Do you want me to tell you? Yes. Do you want to guess first? I can't. You can't guess? No, I have absolutely no idea. Patrick Stewart. Get the really? shit out of here. He was going to do it? No, he wanted to. He, he wanted he, to play Spider-Jerusalem? He wrote Jerusalem. and said, please, let me be Spider-Jerusalem. Now, I have one other guy I want to show you. You see, now this was the question that I had. This is why I actually wanted to bring it up in the podcast. So, what what it is. So, so this is for Derek and for anyone that's listening that doesn't know. Transmetropolitan is basically, he's a journalist in the future. So, they deal with like... Really crazy sci-fi stuff. Like anything you can think of that could exist in the future, it exists in Transmetropolitan. Like uh. like they have people that are being beamed into machines and they turn into a gas. So they are still people, but they're basically a gas. It's wild. Or, it's, or, can, or have you... Ha- you know how insane. they have... You, know you can change your the... DNA temporarily so that you become like part dolphin. And then you can be swimming in the ocean. You know how in Star awesome. Trek they have those those uh, replicators where you can have food? So they have replicators, but they those replicators get uh, almost like AI intelligence. 
and they'll they'll be like, this is the John Gotti replicator, and he'll take drugs. Like people will feed this replicator drugs, and then your stuff comes out really weird, and it's it's just a very <laughs> fucked up, weird. So yeah, so Spider Jerusalem is a journalist, and his whole mo is that he he tells the truth. He hates everyone, um, uh, but he loves the city. It's the only place where he can really write, and he he. And he's all about the truth. So it's him against the system, you know? It's and very Hunter wrong, S. Thompson. Yeah, and oh. all the wrong that's in the system. And he just takes drugs and he... Watches television, watches yeah. all the... He'll put like 400 news channels on, sit back, do drugs, and just watch the news and just see what's coming up, you know? And <laughs> so the art, the art of the graphic novel is really fantastic. Like it's really manic and crazy and claustrophobic. It's great. Um, but my big question was... Who has the rights to Transmetropolitan? I don't know. Yeah, because that would make one It is. It is. Or or a television show. All I could think was... Yeah, an incredible series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I could think was, why have I not seen this in a movie yet? Because it's just so... Maybe it's too much. It's probably... It's a lot. Like, I want you to imagine... have Have either of you seen the new Blade Runner movie? Not yet. The new Blade Runner movie. The 2049. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I haven't yet. <laughs> Did you think that there was another one after that? When you said Blade Runner, yeah. I heard Blade. Like, oh, oh vampire like, movie? Yeah, like Wesley Snipes. The new Snipes. Wesley Snipes movie? Yeah. <laughs> no. Is he out of jail yet? I mean, I think so. Here, <laughs> by the way, here's the other guy that I was thinking. Joe Pantoliano. Right. Always yeah. reminds me of Spider-Jerusalem. Now, is he... See, th- those th- both those actors are just a little bit... Older than I thought. But the thing is, like, you got to remember that this spider is. You have to remember that this is fifteen years old, right? Like I read this for the first time yeah. when I was a teenager. So you do need to remember that these were the guys I thought would be amazing. Like when Daredevil yeah, came yeah, out, yeah, 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 when, yeah, yeah. when Daredevil they were, with Ben they were the right out, age then. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna pull up uh, Spider Jerusalem, but um, yeah, it, it it is wild and um, sounds it. It's a it, it's a great read. Some of the stuff is, some of the stuff is a, a tad overwritten. Sure. Like sometimes sometimes they get a little bit crazy. Where like we they just ramble on about like trap doors opening in people's testicles and gas shooting out of the. He has know. a gun that's a bowel disruptor, so he shoots people and make them. Make them shoot what, themselves. What turned you on to this? Um, there was like, there was a couple like huge. Uh, adult uh, graphic novels when I was a kid. It was like... Watchmen? Oh, god damn it. That's one. Watchmen? <laughs> There's been more than one. Has there been? Yeah. Oh, I've been trying <laughs> you're actually You've actually been doing really well. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, Watchmen, <laughs> Preacher, um, uh, The Boys, Transmetropolitan, Why the Last Man... Uh, so these are like some these are like adult graphic novels. Oh yeah, like The Walking Dead. Walking Dead was Walking Dead way 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 before the television show. Right. Oh, so, it was a graphic novel way oh, before yeah. the television. Like 30, uh, 30 see, graphic I, I, novels. I never got into any of that type of stuff. When I was doing comics and into comics, it was Marvel characters mm-hmm. and Conan the Barbarian and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which yeah. I loved. And then I started to draw these characters. I loved doing that. As and well. I I loved Superman was my big guy. Like yeah. I have, I have three long boxes still of old Superman comics from when I was a kid, nice. and uh, like Connor and Lex have pulled them out of their packages and read them to to death. I mean, some are in great shape, some are garbage shape, 
but I have boxes and boxes of comic books. But these really hit me. I think I read Preacher first, and Preacher was like nothing I had ever seen. Like, there's a guy that, you know, fucks meat that he has sewn together to look like women, right? And Christ. like, there's the this preacher's best friend is a vampire, and they're going up against the Catholic Church, and it is like, Preacher is the best. Transmetropolitan, what came around almost the same time, and was where 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 preacher was like very religious and very smart and very action transmetropolitan was very intelligent and uh yeah just crazy yeah he just went to check his freezer to see how much meat he has yeah 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 i didn't know that was a thing but um uh, but the thing about transmetropolitan that i loved is that it was just so such an unconventional hero yeah it's like if you had to take the one person who could save a society and you were like a journalist who will never bend. Mm. Right. And it's, it's an unconventional super... Like, you, who would make a comic about a German, journalist? I mean, I wouldn't. It's definitely the bottom of the list of things that you make a, that you make a graphic novel about. But this is it. Like, you'll, you'll, read pages, you'll read pages and pages of a comic book where a guy is sitting with, like, an ashtray full of cigarettes... And he's smoking and he's looking through his glasses and he's writing on a, a laptop. He's like, fuck you. And he's pushing everybody else away and he's got to get this mm-hmm. thing done so that he can meet his deadline and, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It, cool. it is cool. It's very cool. So anyway, my, my question and the question that I would like to put out to our social media yeah. friends yeah. is uh, who has the rights to Transmetropolitan? Because if Patrick Stewart was interested, somebody owns the rights. One hundred percent. I mean, I imagine it's the writer. I wouldn't. You don't think so? I don't think you, you so. Think, I think, think a Hollywood type. Owns yeah, yeah, the yeah. I think point. a studio owns the rights. I think it's probably mm. it's probably on the interwebs available. Google that shit. Yeah. All right. So, uh, a lot of fun. But you you enjoyed it. Love it. And, and, and I got one more. I got one more left. I got one, one more left. left. So he's uh, the president, and him are going head to head, and it does it end. The story ends. Mm-hmm. Boom. You're not going to believe how it ends. Oh my god, I'm so excited! (laughs) All right, now we gotta now we gotta move to trivia, and we gotta move it. We gotta move along quickly here. Um, We are halfway through our allotted time. I know we're getting we're we're getting killed here. I know, and one thing I will say that is, if we go a little bit over, okay, Sarah Jessica Parker, exactly. Okay, guys. Yeah. First of all, still we need a we score. need a, we need a score and we need a title for our new trivia segment. I'm just throwing it out there in case somebody has something amazing. Derek, I don't know if you want to sing uh, a trivia theme song, <laughs> but we're down for that. Okay, good. Right 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 now, right on, right on. here we go. Right on, right on, right on. Okay, so let, let me just grab a little pin here. Okay. Okay. So when I ask my questions, is it first first man to answer? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Question do number we, one. Do we have to ding it? No. no. Just, just go for it. <laughs> Question number one is, so film trivia of any kind. Who is Desmond Lewin? And what is his film legacy? Desmond Lewin. Desmond Lewin. Okay, you're going to... I have no idea. So you're going to have to give us a clue so that I can guess it out. All so right. I can guess it out here. All of my questions today are James Bond related. 
Okay, so he would James Lewin would have been Mm-mm. Desmond Desmond Lewin. Desmond Lewin. Was he a character in one of the movies? No, he's a he's a James Bond director. No, he is not. And yes, he is. Ah. Was he Q from Goldfinger? He was Q. He was Q. Uh. He, he played he, he played famously Q in seventeen of the James Bond really? movies. Even though James Bond switched, Desmond Lewin stayed Remained. Q for like ever. All right. Awesome. Moving on. Okay. Starting from Reservoir Dogs, mm. what is Quentin Tarantino's fourth, fifth, and sixth film? So Reservoir Dogs is one, number one. Considered number one. So you're trying, telling us to skip two and three and go to four, five, and six. Yeah, so you know that he's famously, he's got like eight films. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, this is rough. Uh, I know, and I knew this would be rough because I know you're such a huge fan. I'm not going to be able to number them off properly. I'd... Well, just think about what came, What? just think about what came after... Think about two and three, and then well, yeah, four, five, and I'm, six. I'm thinking two and three, Pulp Fiction's in there, and then I can't remember if he's went to Kill Bill. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say as three or four. Mm-hmm. I'm unsure. And mm-hmm. then well, obviously there's Volume Two, yeah. and then uh, there was that war one with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that one came later. Yeah, I'll tell you that one. So. I'll give you that. That's where I'm having the issue with the like five and six. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna say You'll get the point if you get two out of three, let me say that. I'm gonna say Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, mm-hmm. Volume One. You are incorrect, Jason. Damn it. Derek Flyer. He he did not get two <laughs> out of three. If he had got two out of three, yeah. I would have given it to him. But you got one out of three. I'm I'm at a loss for five and three or four, five and six. Okay, just have a flyer. Yeah, I just kind of spouted them out to you before. Okay. So, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2, and Death Proof. Death Proof? Death Proof. Oh, what right. was that one? Yeah. That was the one where Kurt Russell was in the car. Yeah. Oh, and he he's were, chasing he the did. stunt girls. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I actually really like that. And that was the, the one The kind of half animated yeah. film or mm-hmm. whatever, right? It was, no. Well, no, no, but it had an animated almost look to it. It was, yeah, it was, was that, he worked with Robert Rodriguez. Do you know what I mean? Like, it had, that, it had a weird, yeah, like Grindhouse. Like Planet Tower. Thing. Yeah. Planet Terror. Was the other. Yeah. All right, damn it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hit some bizarre movies. Ooh. Question, Derek. Is uh, what movie was Quentin Tarantino a brother of? A um. Uh, shit. Is this your question? No. Well. Kind From of. Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> Is that your question? <laughs> well, he's already blown it up, but no, that wasn't going to be my question. It's just I was going. Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino plays the brother of George Clooney. George yes. Clooney, thank in, you. That's right. In D- Dust and, Till Dawn. And you know that in From Dust Till Dawn is, uh, do you guys know Michael Parks? I think he actually just died. he might have just passed away. No, who's... I might be wrong. Michael Parks was he played the um, the cowboy, the sheriff. At the beginning of From Dust Till Dawn, hmm. he played the guy, the old, uh, like, God-fearing, gay-hating guy in Kevin Smith's um, Red State. He played the guy in Tusk. Oh, he's the old man in Tusk. Yeah, yeah. and okay. he played he played in both Kill Bills. In one of the Kill Bills, he was a cop, 
the sheriff that sees the girl get cool. shot. And in the second Kill Bill, he plays like the Peruvian like horror Who guy, if you remember that. Was the classic horror film makeup special effects guru in From Dust Till Dawn? Is that your question? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, like a person? James oh, yeah. Cameron. No, the guy who played... I have no idea. The guy who played... Because I used to be a huge special effects Okay. Fan back in and the horror movie days. And he was in, he was in the did movie? Did you suck a, a special effects dick? Maybe. Hey. Okay. Was if he it was a Tuesday, movie? it's possible. Was he in the movie? Yes, he was. Was he the guy with the gun on his dick? Yes. Yes, I don't know the guy's name. Tom Savini. Oh, amazing. So I do remember he who did, Tom Savini. He did, he did your, your Jasons and... Yes. All so that he, type of stuff. So he was a big. He, he was a big. He was the horror guy of the eighties. That is actually really. If cool. there was a machete going Tom into Savini. someone's head, Tom Savini did it. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. And that's good that you would that you would know that. I, I actually really like that guy. Put him as he was the guy who gun looked dick. down and had a gun come out. I can't remember his name. Project. Crazy. Okay, here we go. Yeah. The world is not enough. Was the final film appearance of Desmond Lewin as Q in the James Bond series. When he reveals his plan to retire, Bond is upset, but Clue signs off, or Q signs off and says, Now pay attention, 007. I've always tried to teach you two things. First, never let them see you bleed. What was the second thing that he tried to teach James Bond? Never let them see you bleed. This was his last line in a James mm-hmm. Bond film ever. What would you... Never... And never say goodbye. <laughs> nope. I don't Said, know. always have an escape plan. And uh, then he lowered he himself did. into the floor. Nice. Yeah. Classy. That's a cool. classy You didn't even have a guess. You I had no guess. Softy. Come on. All right. Did you say Name... a soft dick? Softy. Soft. Softy. Oh. <laughs> soft dick. No, softy. Okay. Name two actors who won Oscars posthumously. Oh, man. If it was Desmond Lewin, I would be amazed. <laughs> that would be so cool. So, um, I will, and, okay, I will, and I I'm, will help you with the... No, I'm going to say... You. No, don't help me. I'm, first of all, I'm going to say Heath Ledger. Yeah. That is yes. one of them. Do I get a point for that? Or do I have to get two? Oh, you can get a point for that. Thank you. Uh, I need a point. There's another actor who won an Oscar. Derek. Posthumously. Means after they died. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. I know. Derek feels bullied when he comes and when he comes and hangs out on the podcast. He's like, <laughs> you guys feels just bullied <laughs> anywhere with you pieces of shit. Uh, that's it's because we love. <laughs> well, it's you because you want. It, it's it's because you won at golf. Dick. That's right. I mean, the winner is always the guy that gets the arrows in the back. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so Heath Ledger. Uh... How about, how about, um, how about God damn it. River Phoenix? Mm. Mm, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good, good attempt, but that is a no. Bruce Lee. No. Damn it. Okay, so know. I'm going to say it's a, it's a film from 1976. Okay, and you would know the monologue because it is literally one of the greatest monologues in television history. And this guy is my second cousin, apparently, according to my dad. 
Shut up. Yeah. I mean, I think you mean was. <laughs> yeah. According to my dad. Well, well yeah, there's some family there's some family connection that takes it back. It's weird. We had a whole book and we had a book one of on the greatest show. television monologues of all time or movie monologues. Movie monologues of all time. Come on. Yeah, literally the greatest. Like it, it, if you go to a film study, if you go to a class and you study a monologue, this one will be in the top 10. Jack London. No. Damn it. Oh, come on. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, I'm mad as hell. I mean, this is going to suck. I'm mad as hell. Quote part of the monologue. I'm mad as hell. Is that a quote of the part of the monologue? Mm -hmm. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, you got to do more of the monologue, bro. Okay, hang. Wait, wait, wait. Uh... I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. Jackie Gleason. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody Network. anywhere who to know what to do and there's no end to it. Really? Okay, we I'm going to tell you something. The air is and this is, this is my favorite part about our film trivia. Is that I never heard of the movie Network, nor have I heard the name Peter Finch. Yeah, so he won. He he's the only other guy to win an Oscar posthumously, and he that and I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this shit anymore. Really? Wow! And then everybody starts shouting, "I'm mad as hell." No, no. Okay, you have been. I will you, say you've been knowledge. We've now been educated. Yeah, that was amazing. I like that a lot. Okay, okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, go, D-Man. It's probably an easy one, but uh, okay. I'm just going to kind of go win. with yeah. the uh, the forthcoming uh, Halloween theme, mm-hmm. 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 as we're not far away. Um, are you guys uh, Friday the 13th fans? Shit, Jason. I'm not that great. I'm not really. But go ahead. No. Okay. Who was the killer in the first Friday Jason, the 13th? Jason, the mother. Shit. was the mother. Yes! Oh. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say what, I'm a fan. What's the mother's name? Uh, Voorhees. Catherine Voorhees, I think yeah. it was. So I'm not a huge fan, but I have seen a couple. The one that I remember, the the two teenage lovers are banging in a cabin, and he's under the bed, and he sends right a spike through. right up through them. That's the one I remember. Through both of them. Um, it's fantastic. It was Freddie that they had to put the war pour the water on, or was that Jason? The, water. the holy water. Was that Freddie or Jason? Freddie is in your dreams. Okay. Jason, I don't recall the holy water ever affecting him. All right. I don't know uh, anything about I don't know how you answered that question. I think you're getting more into like, exorcist go. type stuff and whatnot. Who? My turn for a question. Back to James Bond. Here we go. I haven't, uh, I don't Who was the creative genius behind the character James Bond? Uh, Ian Fleming. You got it, buddy. Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> <laughs> I got Ian Fleming because he, he wrote the books. Yes, he did. Okay, are you ready? Yes. In the first two Jaws films, mm. what is the police police chief's name? <gasps> Beedit. <laughs> I was like, that's not a name. I was like, what? Well, <laughs> um, Chief Wingham. No. <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know. No. Okay, I, do you know what? I'm going to give you the first name. Chief Martin. 
Bishop. Damn it. And I was a huge fan of the Jaws films. But All that's right. just one of those things. It, that you, we're going to know this. Go ahead. Ch- Chief Martin Brody. Brody. Damn it. Well, I yes. wouldn't have. I still wouldn't have got it. Good one. That was a good one. I remember every visual from those movies. Mm-hmm. But a name. Derek Gifford. Jay, by the way, has never seen Jaws 2. Is that okay? What? Yeah. I love Jaws. I've seen it, like a, I don't know, a billion times. And I should have known Brody. Do you know that almost back in the day when 3D just kind of started coming around, almost every third film was always done in 3D? Jaws 3D. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Jaws 3D. Piranha 3 double D. Jason 3 3D. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. I wonder what happened. Maybe it was just caca. Yeah. Well, the, the 3D back in that day was the red and blue yeah, yeah, yeah. jazz, and it was yeah. horrible. It you actually one, gave you headaches. Do you have one more? No, I'm dry. All right, here we go. Okay, go. My last one. Now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Are you talking about how many 13, strokes I did you guys buy and go? Yeah. Thirteen people. <laughs> what a jacket. Thirteen people have played James Bond. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them have played on TV and radio. Oh. Um, some of them played in a like a spoof movie. Um, but like famously, but there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven men played James Bond in a feature film. How many can you name? Mm-hmm. One point Hang for on. each. He's already done it. Uh, I don't okay. know if I can do one point for each now that I see that you're going to beat me. Yeah. <laughs> um... Daniel, okay, so we start, we go, um, what is, uh, one, two, three, four, five, you said there were seven. Yes. Oh, shoot, I got five, okay. Wait, before you, before you say. Yeah. Do you manually want to I'm, correct? I can see every one of their faces. Yeah. I'm All unfortunately right. blank on the names. That's okay, here we okay. go. Pierce Brosnan, Sean Connery. Pierce, yes. Well, who was the latest one? Oh, Daniel Craig. All right, good. Then you got Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Then we go to uh, Sean Connery. Okay. Then I think it was Roger Moore. Okay. We had Timothy Dalton in there for like yep. a little bit. Yep, that's five. And then I, I don't, I can't remember the other two. I'm going to kick myself. There was one guy, I don't know if it was Timothy Dalton who did like one. It was actually George Lazenby. Oh, actually, I wouldn't have got that. Which one was that? I don't know. He did one in between Sean Connery doing doing a couple. Between yeah. Sean Connery and more? Because well, those actually, two, were, believe those it or two not, were right after him. Sean Connery was believe on the other side of him. Sean Connery actually was the first yeah. Bond. Then it was Roger Moore. Bond. Then it was George Lazenby. Then Sean Connery came back. Then Roger Moore came back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then it was Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. But... The first ever actual James Bond who played in a full-length feature film was, in fact, Bob Simmons. And he is the Bond that you see walking, 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 walking. and then shooting. Oh, and then turning to yep. Simmons. In the, in the opener. In the opening. Oh, and he, awesome. that was, that's so he played cool. all the way until Goldfinger. Wow. And then they replaced him with Sean Connery. But he was, he was the first... And I'm and sorry, he, Sean. And he was actually... Mr. Connery is my 
favorite yeah. Bond. Now, his, his, well, before, his, but, but I just want to say one thing quickly. He was a Bond stuntman. I just want to throw out that piece of trivia. Bob, Bob Simmons, the guy that played that guy, was actually a stuntman for nice. James Bond, which I thought was really cool. That's very cool. Um, so what I will say is Sean Connery had the most swagger. Daniel Craig is the most believable Bond because Daniel Craig is a killing machine. Right. Here's the thing. I think each of them have had their thing. I yeah. think like I loved the Daniel Craig Bonds. Loved them when well, when they first did that it, that black and white in Casino Royale where he's killing the guy in the bathroom and he's breaking tiles and stuff and he couldn't quite kill him and he had to. That was amazing. Yeah. But there was a real Pierce Brod, Brosnan was like, I thought Christmas only came once a year. For you, Christmas came early this year. But yeah, it's... Because uh, her no. name... De- yeah, her, Denise Richards' name was Christmas. You know? Oh, get the yeah. shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was super cheesy. But oh, the, each, each character so worked with each new era of yes. yeah. things. Like, Daniel is now in, in this area of ultraviolence, super special effects. Yeah. Cameras following I, all this I'm different really, shit and everything. And they didn't have that back in Sean's day. Or I bet you he could have kicked ass and all that. No, he too. he was not athletic enough. He was a model. Daniel Craig is a killing... He's a UFC fighter. Like, look at Daniel Craig. Yeah. He's a UFC fighter. You look at Sean Connery. Sean Connery's a, a, a Gucci model. Yeah. So you can and you can tell just by looking at the body physique, and I know it's part of part of it is the flavor of the time. Sure. You know, but I just believe Daniel Craig would kill people in a bathroom. Yes. I believe Sean Connery would sleep with a bunch of women. Yes. <laughs> which which his character did. Yeah. So I I also have a last question which I just came across. <laughs> Good, because I need more points. Okay. I I don't have a check mark. <laughs> have you been having fun though because uh, that yes I'm not gonna lie having fun is the most important part of the right. night that's, you know, that's what losers say <laughs> <laughs> okay listen the golden bear is awarded in what international film festival the golden bear mm-hmm. uh, the golden bear film festival <laughs> don't be a jackass okay yeah no <laughs> Alaska it, International Film Festival. That is a negative. Damn it. You'll be surprised, actually. I don't even know if they is have there a... California. in BC? No. Okay. You guys are both wrong. It is the Berlin International Film Festival. Really? really? Yeah, and the goal... It's a famous award, so I'm surprised you guys didn't get that. I thought you'd get it quite easily. Never actually. heard of it. Never yeah. heard of it. That's really cool. But I, actually, I will say um, that I was just listening to... Uh, we were talking about the master classes earlier and how much we enjoyed... Sorry. How much we enjoyed being back in school and um, you tout uh, indie film hustle a lot mm-hmm. I actually started indie film hustle from number one and I've been listening to them right from the beginning and I was listening to uh, one gentleman who I really really liked his interview but he was saying that there are really only ten uh, film festivals in the world that mean anything yeah um, he said Toronto was one and he did say Berlin was another he said Cannes and uh, Sundance and blah 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 but Berlin is a biggie, a biggie, biggie. Yeah, oh, it is for sure, absolutely. If you can, if you can get into the, one of the major film festivals, now, what, you, you do really well. He didn't. Yourself. He didn't mean that in his talk. He didn't mean that the others weren't important. What he meant was, sorry, that there are only film markets where people go to buy films mm-hmm. at like mm-hmm. ten or mm-hmm. twelve festivals. Yeah, yeah. All the others are more for recognition and laurels, and you're not um, going to get. You know, you know, someone's not going to come and buy your movie and put it on. You know. Be like, we're going to open it in 10 screens across the country. Right. <laughs> you know. 
that was a lot of fun, guys. Um, moving on. And we're moving on. All right, so... Um, Winter now we're into the meat of, of the podcast. And uh, so I think... Did we talk last podcast about... Yes, we did. About kind of the concept for the improv and where we wanted to take it. Yeah, so let me just let me just bring yeah. Derek up to speed. So the what we're thinking, and I think we're heading in this direction, is that... So Derek, mm-hmm. there is a group of people who are stuck inside this house. Yes. It's winter outside, and the apocalypse has happened with regards to a virus of some kind has like infected the population so that the population are a cross between vampires and zombies. They're going to be creatures of our own creation. And I would like to describe what I have in mind and see what you guys think about that. Um, So these, these creatures are wandering around outside in the snow and they will kill you and eat you and devour you. If you go out, they are not slow like zombies. But they're also not quite as calculating as um, vampires, you know, because a vampire is like a human. So a vampire can like, you know, make a plan and strategize. Whereas these are more, they, they are like zombies in the way that they are just killing more, machines. More yeah. But they're so, animals. They're animals. Some sort. Yeah. So we have a group of people that are stuck in this house and now they're trying to work out how they're going to survive. So, and then what happens inside the house is people start to get killed. So it becomes... A little bit like a whodunit, like a little bit of a detective story, but people cannot leave the house. Now, Derek, we would really like you and a number of others to act in this shindig. And most of the movie, the idea for this is that we're going to shoot it this winter over the span of a couple weekends with a bunch of cameras. And it's going to be semi-improvised. Yeah, love it. So no, 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 no solid script like this. These are the lines you have to say. But like we, we know where we need to get where the scene needs to go. We're gonna know a few things that the actors will not. Yeah. Now, yeah, now, the actors will only find out the story as the we scene. Go. Now, we're bringing you in because That's we awesome. we want to we want to we want to work with a, a a bunch of people to flush out the story and some of the sure. key points and things like that. But there's going to be a few things that not everybody's going to know, which I think is going to make this a really fun little project. Nobody's going to quite know how it's going to turn out as we move through. And uh, it's going to be pretty exciting and pretty fun to do. And even if it's stupid, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. No, I think, it'll be, I think it will be a lot. Of, it'll be a great. But um, yeah, so, so we will have to get people into the mindset of improvising. Yeah, I've already got things going through my head already just from what you've described but what but what i'm saying is like the actors are going to have to like you're going to have to get used to being your character Mm. in a scene like so we'll we'll workshop a bunch of you will have a couple of days where people are just their characters and we just have random scenes so that because we can't have people thinking about what they're going to say next they just have to be the character yeah, no, no, no. When I was saying I was thinking about things already, it was just questions that I already had. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so the just from a from a purely logistical standpoint, because you know, just goofing around thinking about how we might do it, um, we're going to incorporate meals, and we're going to incorporate, uh, you know, nap time or whatever. You know what I mean? Like resting time. Like, do you remember? Do you remember when we were? One thing that I I really enjoyed was we were shooting. Um, Postman, or were we shooting Bickerman's Grove, and where Zach would take take a little breather on the couch? 
Do you remember that? He'd be like, okay, it's not my scene. I'm going to just chill for a couple minutes and think about things and whatever. Do you remember that? Yeah. I think it was Bikram's Grove. Yeah. And, um, you know, you we're going to use all those moments, right? When we're in the house and we're shooting and there's things going on, you know, we want to capture some of the extra stuff that you guys are doing. Like, so there won't be pizza and Subway. There'll be like... Cans of beans and... Cans of, you know, Irish stew that you guys will have to open and cook on a, you know, on the stove and dole out. That way we can incorporate it into the the film, right? Because there's going to be not tons of time to do everything. So we're going to incorporate all these pieces of the puzzle as we go. Like, and everybody's still in character. Right. It's fantastic. Exactly. It's almost like, it's almost like nobody leaves character for these two days. Well, and, and that to me sounds like what may promote the madness that goes on within the house. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if mm-hmm. you ever seen the movie, and I know you have, Jason, uh, Cube. Shit, we were just, we just talking watched about it. Cube. Okay. This is an amazing segue, by the way. We uh, we just got invited to go on someone else's podcast. It's called RCMP Podcast. And uh, right now, they every show, they talk about some Canadian movie. And uh, they got in touch with us and said, do you guys want to do a show? And you have to pick one of your favorite Canadian horror movies. And I love Cube. Awesome. Uh, I've seen it a bunch of times, and Adrian hadn't seen it before, so he just came over and we watched it uh, a yeah. couple nights ago. Yeah, yeah. Even the special effects were quite yeah. impressive. You, you know what? Good story. Good, solid movie, yeah. man. Like, Beginning to you, end. you can put yourself in the position of those people, and, and they told it right. Like, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. people are going Listen, to snap. Listen, I, I have to tell you something. We can't talk about Cube right now, because no. for our Sorry, listeners, yes. we're going to have a whole show about Cube, and we're going to throw it up yeah. online. So I, I just want to talk a little bit about it. Number one, I think that the, a lot of the lighting that we're going to use, because the windows are going to be blanketed up, so it's going to be pretty dark. So we're going to have fast lenses, and I think we're going to light things with lanterns. Mm. Everybody has a lantern, their own lantern. Like a flashlight, maybe. Even. Yeah, but a flashlight, and you get these flashlights that you click down, like you, you sort of click them into lantern mode, mm-hmm. you know, and then people walk around. So it's a battery-operated lantern. Now... The one thing that I, I really liked, I was actually uh, just finished watching season one of The West Wing. I know we were talking about Aaron Sorkin. I'm re-watching it with Connor. Love, love The West Wing. And, um, you know, uh, one particular scene hit me the other night where uh, uh, Jed Bartlett is going to sleep as the president in his room. And he clicks off the light, but of course there's moonlight from the window and it's kind of illuminating the room in, in like, you know, a little bit. And I was just thinking about the movie, and I was thinking that there's going to be times where we want people to walk around the house without their flashlights, mm-hmm. kind of in the dark, because there's mm-hmm. some mysterious moments. There's, you're going to see you know, a person's feet walking through, and you're not going to know who that person is, because yeah. it'll help build the story and things like that. So what types of things do we also need to keep in mind when we're lighting in the dark? Yeah. Um, so are we really going to fully light in the dark or not? Yeah, really? you're never really, you're never in the dark. Right. You always have ambient light so that the, you can expose correctly on the camera. But it has a night look. Right. Right. It's the, so that people understand, like it's a soft light yeah. so that you see the shapes, you understand the shapes. So yes, there's always ambient light. But what we can do is we can bring up the ambient light in the room and everybody wanders around with these little lanterns. Right. Right. So we will, we will light. But I think... The way that we're gonna we're gonna try and set it up is that we could theoretically move into any room in the house and just shoot. Yeah. Perfect. Like it's almost like it's almost like 
the lighting is set up in such a way and I think the way that we're going to shoot is going to be set up in such a way that we can just like once we're in that room we just shoot mm -hmm. so that we that, and that's part of the reason that the lanterns might be so good and you can always adjust how dark or light a scene seems in post anyways yeah you? but you don't you want to get it right on you the day get it right yeah we want yeah. it we want it to look good so we, we would we would try and set up each room and it's going to be a dark movie do you which have, will add to the eeriness of it yeah we should not there should be no electricity in the house exactly it's post-apocalyptic which, which means we have to there's no running toilet we do have to work with a propane uh, cooking. cooking unit in your house that's gonna be tricky that should be it should be okay we'll just have to, we'll just have to watch out now the thing is what we have we have the uh, we also have to deal with in the story we're gonna have to deal with people pooping in buckets and peeing in buckets because there's no running water mm -hmm. so somebody has to take that out and dump that that's part of the movie right that's part of the story we and have, maybe it starts to smell real bad while well, there's too many walking bad guys outside exactly I mean it's issues that we can come up with right and the other thing that we're gonna have is we're gonna have the forest out out back of the house here yep. you know in the snow looking down at the house it's sort of like a treed area will the viewers the audience see a glimpse of yes creatures so I, I just want to tell you guys what I think okay what, what I'm thinking for the creatures I'm let me tell you a scene so there's one character who I think if Mike is keen, Mike would... So, imagine the ro this road in the suburban setting is just covered in snow, okay? And there's this guy who's just moving down the middle of the road. It's quiet. Nothing. All of a sudden, he stops. And he just hunkers down. And these figures rise up and come around the corners and move right past him. And they walk and they're moving... Um, and when you see these figures, they have no eyes. So the skin has grown over their eyes. And they have these, they have these huge mouths with giant slits in them and sharp teeth. And they kind of move past him. And they're blind and they're listening. And then they carry on moving. But he's silent. He just sits in the middle of the road as they sort of move past him. And then, they, then they're gone. And then he carries on moving slowly through the snow. Oh. So are they clothed? Yeah. These creatures. I think so. So are they like genetically modified humans? This is what this sort? is actually what I wanted to talk about today. I thought today we might come out we might decide what these monsters are and how they came into being. Hmm. Because we have a we have a lot of we have a lot of story stuff to to power through. Yeah. But I I thought what might be interesting is deciding what these monsters are today. Mhm. Mm hmm. Um I do like the idea of, of um, now. You, so you feel like they won't. They'll they'll really rely on their sense of hearing. Obviously, mm. not sight, but not smell either. I don't think. Well, the well, maybe. And do you know what? A, a creature sniffing into the air is pretty creepy. Mm -hmm. But I just I feel like it would be really interesting because people go outside, and they're not afraid of being seen, but they're afraid of being heard. Well, and if it's in winter, that. That crunch of snow is underneath the, your feet is the impossible. And honestly, yeah. I love the idea that there's they can't no way to walk silently in the winter. I love the idea that it can't smell. That's fine. And if it is, yeah, yeah. no eyes and just kind of all mouth. All mouth, and that's and that's basically what they are, right? Well, and ears, obviously, but because yeah. just but just imagine, you know, that 
that that look when they creepily like turn their ear towards what they thought they heard. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's some that's cool beans. Yeah, is what that is. No, I think I th- and I think I mean if we could, if we could get in touch with it either as like because the thing is if we could make the mouth extend so that it was all the way open until here with a special effects person mm-hmm. either like I, I don't know about practical like maybe with graphics but we'd have to talk to dave and see see you know what we could do because um, they have to look terrifying they too. have to they have to Absolutely. look terrifying so whatever we got to do to like because and that's just going to be and those can be special shots that we can plan and yeah. we're like, oh and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. we're like, this is what's going to make the movie. Like, the way that I'd like to position it is, we have a scene in in the proper lighting and moments and stuff. Makeup can do a lot that you have no idea. I, I think, think I think what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying one or two shots, full daylight. Like full, full white monster. snow, full monster, full, and then the rest is people scariest going crazy thing you've ever inside. Seen. Yeah, the rest is people going crazy inside, and the humanity of being stuck, and the and, and the rest the, is from a distance. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. So Derek just showed me a picture of a person with a really big mouth. Me yeah, see. I mean that's it's just just done with makeup. Mm-hmm. Just take him to the final image there. Yeah, that's it's a bit not not quite that. That gawky, but you know, like, but I'm just saying, like a lot of things can be done. Yeah, the thing is, if you have a clo- makeup, right? Yeah. Well, do you guys remember Blade Three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that guy who, whose whose mouth opened and then his face opened? And yeah, yeah, four yeah. pieces. That was cool. Yeah. 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 No, it's cool, but how would it look on camera if she was moving around? Right. Okay, yeah. so so think about this. But yes, I have. So that this is cool. We have we we've come up with now whether or not we make changes closer to the time we'll see <laughs> but we've got some monsters who are blind and they can't smell all they've got is their ears they are crazy fast and if they hear you and touch you they're gonna your lunch they're gonna you're in big trouble yeah you, and you, you don't really swarm, fight you don't they swarm yeah you don't really fight them off like if they if they find you then they kill you right um so I will also say that probably the opening scene is going to be someone wigging out inside the house, running out into the road and getting devoured by the monsters. Right. That'll be like, that'll set the stage. We will know all of a sudden, you know, what we're dealing with. Yeah. Outside is not good. Outside you cannot <laughs> go. And this is the strange thing about this, this mysterious man that'll come into the house at some stage is that he kind of lives outside. You know, he lives in the outside world and he's able to survive. Yeah, so so uh, th- that's a little bit crazy. Like I, I will say, if I if I had to draw it here, it would just be like covered eyes, and it's just a mouth that goes all the way, mm-hmm. and maybe not a smiling mouth. You know, it's just that's it. It's yeah. just if you took a, per- a person's mouth so that it came to here. Well, we were speaking about Heath Ledger earlier. Yeah, but his are scars. Yeah. I'm talking about the actual opening the of the mouth. Open, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, anyway, that a person's whole face could get bitten off by one of these. Yeah, things. something like yeah. that. So I think we we may have to talk to a just because we only need a couple shots of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two. The rest we can do with a mask. Well, those are the type distance. of things that will require some dollars and cents. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Just a quick, just yeah. a quick picture of Jack the Killer. Yes. Yeah. That is very, like less manic, more animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so creepy. That freaks yeah. me out. It's gross. Um, no, I like it. Now, why did they become? That's a good question. Now, here's here's a question because do we care? Because the, so I so the the one thing that we were ta- discussing was we are let's say three weeks into the this group of people being trapped in this house. Okay, so this problem occurred. They were like, "Holy fuck, we got inside to get inside the house. These things are coming in here, and maybe there are people in the house next door. Who knows?" But they're inside this house, right? They, this is this. The, this the is the per- story of this house. The person that left. Uh, three weeks ago was eaten immediately outside the door. And so we are not going outside the door anymore. Yeah. But we're starting to run out of canned food. Right. We're st- the smell of the poop in buckets is starting to get a little crazy. Right. Like, what so are we going to do? Is, what, what is the plan here? Right. Because yeah. every time someone goes outside, they die. Right. And so the, we kind of start. Oh, the guy that lives outside coming in. Sorry to interrupt. It's okay. It's kind of like the, he's the kind of like the savior. Right. Because he knows how to exist outside, which means he knows how to go and get food. Right. And he knows what these things are. The people inside the house don't know what is going on. Yeah. What, uh, what, but here's the thing. time is this happening? Right now. Right now. It happens this Christmas, bro. No, it's going to happen. So, so it's, we're talking current day. Yeah. Okay. Not in the 70s. Donald Trump. <laughs> Does he do something? No. I'm just saying we've gone... <laughs> Are these his children? This is, this, is, this is what actually happens in nuclear winter. Mm. What do you mean what actually happens? North, North Korea has bombed start. Canada. Mm-hmm. And everyone who was outside got their faces melt off and turned into monsters. Nuclear modified humans. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'm just like that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Toxic Avenger yeah. and he became a hero. I don't know. But, uh... Yeah, but there could be, a, you know, depending on where we are supposed to be, that there's some scientific genetic bullshit going on somewhere. I mean, wh- wh- okay, okay, realistically, okay. 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 hold on, ch- I got children, it. creatures from that. Who doesn't need eyesight? Moles. Bingo. Okay. So Minus. these creatures, these creatures are some sort of humanity that comes up from underground. Cannibalistic uh, humanoid underground dwellers. It's it's like the descent. It's like the creatures from the descent. I've never seen the descent. Yeah. And they, they had those screaming to them but yeah excellent film mm-hmm. okay because actually okay they wouldn't be able to do echolocation though like bats they would not be able to go like and move around because otherwise they would find you even if you were standing still even if you're standing still yeah because because well, a bat doesn't run into a wall there. yeah but it doesn't know that it's a person One, but they know something's there they know something's there how they just do it's a miracle bats don't run into people <laughs> It's a miracle. I don't know if you ever saw. Uh, no, I know, but they. But I don't know. The, the point I'm making is the difference between a wall and a person. They would know. They can tell there's a shape to that. And it's not flat. By how the sound. Yeah, reflects. but they it doesn't would, mean it's they not would a rock. Notice 
how adorable I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> the, the, how do they know the, the difference between... Like, if it moves, if it move Like an insect, they catch an insect because the insect is moving. So they're like, oh, it's moving. Oh, it's the right size. I got you. But like, if you were standing still, how would it know that you weren't a tree? Fair. Okay. Like the, the monsters are not walking around eating trees. In the, so, like, so, so yes. In the descent, do they, do, they, do, they, do they do that? Oh, yeah. They, no, no. I'm asking you, do they make noises? Do they click or whatever? Do they make the clicky noise? Yeah, because that clicky noise, that would be amazing, actually. Yeah, it would. Yeah. So we need to find, the we need to do a little bit of... really cool sound. Yes. <laughs> but you, that's really good. Holy shit. Do it closer to the mic. You oh, God, that was amazing. That is really good. Okay, hold on. Now, do we have to shut this podcast down? Because we are at a minute and 13 seconds. Okay, so, so, so do you think they should, like, a, 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 we are getting because invaded from underground yeah, Why not? But here's the thing. Maybe we don't know. Maybe. We don't know what is happening. We don't know what's happening. Maybe we conjecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let the that's, people freak out about what good, it might be. And then good, the audience are also making up their own minds of what might about be. About what it is. And that's not, and that, do you know what? That could be the overarching story. That could be like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mind that though. Yeah, I don't mind that either. What if they, in the snow, they come up out of the ground, man? That's awesome. Well, even look mm. at The Walking Dead. I mean, was there ever really an explanation as to why the dead are walking? Other than, mm, seems heaven so. and hell is all full. Sure. Yeah, you know, so that's all yeah. bullshit. Anyway, well, I would lean, it. I would lean more towards humans changing. Sure, that's I, I, more than the reality of like, a sort of a, a, an unintelligent animal invading us and so having the impact to like cut I everything say, out, out. You know, like, can I talk for a minute about the descent? Yeah, about the movie you haven't seen. <laughs> no, I want to talk about the book. Mm. Ah. So there's a book called The Descent by an author named Jeff Long, and it is amazing. And in the book, um, people go into the Himalayas, and they go down into the whatever, and they get killed, and everything's terrible, and it's a, like a horror book, basically. But essentially, in The Descent, um, there's people that live underground, and they always have, and they are, uh, the, the king is the devil. He is what we believe is the devil. And he, throughout history, he's like a thousand years old. And he's like a perfect being that lives underground. And there's all his henchmen and stuff like that are people that he's pulled down under the ground over the years or whatever. And they've made it and whatever. And they've, they've become underground people and they scamper on the walls and stuff like that. And it's not the movie because... What I've heard from the movie is it's not this, mm-hmm. but this book is amazing. It sounds. Um, but it's not quite even like the story here because they don't go above ground. Like they, they mm-hmm. wouldn't become like creatures that walk the earth and are mm-hmm. like blind and want to eat people or whatever. Because all what they do is they wait. There's these holes that come up out of the ground in certain mm-hmm. places, and they wait for people to be nearby, and then they. They have like scouting parties and they wait and then they go to go grab them and bring them down and kidnap them and mm-hmm. rape them and, you know, kidnap them and whatnot. Um, and it is amazing. But um, I think I think that we could we could pull off if, if we ever had to introduce the reason why 
we could pull off there's been an underground group of people. Like, mm-hmm. they were people at one point, but they aren't anymore. I know. Oh. But now they're unintelligent. Right. They're walking around. Right. And they've managed to defeat 7 billion people. Yeah. With their teeth. I mean, I think that... But it, do, you, I, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, so, they're, they're winning. So the military... The no. world war. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And they... they because just, they can't bro- die, I suppose, right? So they, they get... You're, sh- you're right. In theory, yeah, the way to... that you beat a monster apocalypse is you just drive around in a truck shooting them, right? I would think so, that the, the military would would beat them, would shoot them to death. Okay, well then let me throw this out there. Maybe it is what if we? Thing. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw this out there. It's somewhat isolated. Exactly. Okay. So here's what's happened. We live in a world where these creatures have come out of the ground mm-hmm. and they started to fuck things up for everyone. Now it's February, right? And people in Canada are dying, right? But nobody cares about Canada, right? We don't even have guns up here hardly. So <laughs> we can't handle the zombie apocalypse up here. Right? Not down in America. They're taking these things out left, right, and center. They'll get to us eventually. Right? And what we could do is make this a huge America fuck yeah movie where the Americans save the Canadians eventually at the end of the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. But my point is that only <laughs> only a week or two weeks into this thing, it's almost like a state of emergency. But Canada's a big place. Like, uh, even our army can't drive around and take care of these things in the whole country in the span of two or three weeks. But people are locked in their homes and they're mm-hmm. going a little hectic, right? They've already taken down some power lines or something or I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just have to make it because like they're not so smart. Otherwise, they would catch people in their houses. All right. Now, so this is where it really leads to do we just not explain it? That's a lot better. Yes, absolutely. I think we shouldn't explain it. But I think we should, we should yeah. behind the scenes, we should kind of, and you know what, maybe we don't need to, maybe, maybe that would, maybe that would ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to be something isolated that this isn't a worldwide epidemic yeah. at all. So have we're you in seen... some, we're in some village or town or city. And it's just, this is the only this place. This has happened here. It's not gotten out there due but to how, why would power you use a for whatever reason. Why would you use a cell phone to call to call out? Right, it had the something has had to have happened where yeah. Well, maybe she no what happened. happened. Okay, so maybe still a nuclear war of sorts happened, but that's not why these creatures have come out, or that's not what made these creatures. I think we should do simplest. I think we should do simplest. Like I, I hear what you, I hear what you guys are saying. So what you're saying is. The creatures have the, taken advantage creatures, of now the loss of technology because they've never needed it. So there's a nuclear war. It. There's a nuclear war, and then the monsters come out to feed because because they can. The government has already been storing millions of them in a secret facility that just unlocked itself. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was genius. <laughs> Fuck yourself. No, no, no. I can't. It's just, I, I, I think we should, I think we have to go with the simplest thing, which is to not tell anybody anything. Not tell anybody anything, and it was a fucking virus. Sure. Sure. But isolated. Yeah, yeah. 
Isolated, hundred percent. And we're right. telling an isolated story in a I'm house. I'm going with isolated. We're telling an isolated story in a house, but like the problem, yeah, it's just that they're dumb animals, and I just can't see a, 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 people a, don't turn into dumb animals because of nuclear waste. Is what you're saying? Now they might turn into dumb animals with some sort of virus that fucked them up. Somehow. You you know what? I'm I'm not even sure. I, I, I'm just going with the zombie thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the zombie story, right? Yeah. And I'm just this, this has been fun. Just piggybacking the zombie story, but like, the here's the thing: if we continue to mull this around in the brain, and we come up with a story that fits really nicely mm-hmm. and explains. Why we don't have power? Why we don't have cell towers? Yeah, why people yeah, aren't yeah. just driving around in a bus, going like hop into the bus? Um, Let's go somewhere else. Right? Like, sick. can they? Can they? Because if they just can they rip animal. through a car with their claws and tear a bus open? That's and, right. Right? Like, how powerful are they? Right? Like, if they heard you inside the house, could they just rip the house apart and come in? And will that actually happen? Yes. And it probably it should. should. Yeah. Or not? Well. Well, then we oh. wouldn't be able to argue in the home. That's the thing. I actually think the everything should be quiet. The whole time people are creeping. And it's that, that sense of tension. Hey, Derek, go fuck yourself. Okay. Like that sense of every time there's tension and people start raising their voices in the tension, that you could get everyone killed. Mm. And so when somebody starts yelling a lot, like you want to brain them. Yeah. yeah. With a pole. So somebody get somebody starts fact, yelling, and the little mouse, the time. little mousy girl, who hasn't hardly said a word, brains some fucking guy, and everybody's like, Whew. yeah, with a pipe, or a pot. That's cool. That is cool. with a pot of Irish stew. Gone. So yeah, I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to get into why. Yeah, it'd be nice though. It would be nice. I think. Um, yeah. It sounds to me like this movie's not going to end with the sun coming out and people leaving the house and going, I'm so glad I'm alive. No, you're right. You're I, right. I, I mean, want to, I want to tell you, I would love to tell you but we can. what's happening in my, in my head, but, uh, but I'm afraid. Can. That's fine. Good. I'm afraid. Good, good, good. So this is going to be, this is going to be fun. I'm afraid to I tell like... you where I think the end should go Good. and what should happen after. Yeah, don't. Okay, I'll keep it. I'll keep it DL. This is uh, fun. What do you think? Are you are you getting excited a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I think it's going to be a challenge, both to come up with a quick story. Mm. I think it's going to be a challenge for all the actors. Oh yeah. Because more so than having a script. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Right? This is this is going to require work. Yes. And and, so, and and what Adrian was saying, like you need to become your character, and you cannot leave that character. Right. In fact, I think we should almost like you're saying, if we're in it for a weekend, even when people sleep, yeah. grab couch time, go to bed, whatever. Cameras are still rolling. Yeah. In in a manner of speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like maybe not running twenty four seven, but yeah. you know, like to Come a point where you know it's yeah. it's winding down now. We're still filming some shit going on because mm. while you're winding down over here there might and be so some maybe the story should take place over two and a half days maybe twice yeah maybe twice but so so the way that we would do it is we would we would run the scene mm-hmm. right the improv or the improvised scene with direction and we would we would do it until we got the scene yeah right and then we would just 
move on. Come in, do a couple of specials, like a couple, couple of close-ups. Things. If if we need if we need you know if we need someone grabbing the knife and waving it in someone's face, then we grab you know the grabbing of the knife or something like that. We can grab that, but that's only if we really need it. Yep. So the one thing that we had talked about was, and I don't even know if we go here, but a guy comes in who knows how to live outside and he's the only one with a gun so he's instantly got this like little bit of a power play and the discussion that we had was people start to die in the house right and there's a little bit of a murder mystery Mm -hmm. and so we kind of go through the you know everybody uh uh is unsure of the others in the group they're starting to be suspicious of different things whatever blah 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 and um at one point, the guy has, like, little cameras. And I don't know if they're, they, they're obviously battery-powered, but maybe he plops up a GoPro, and it's in black and white. Oh, and that's then you a good see point. Some of that, that's, you see some of that footage, and then he checks it the next morning to see who took the last can of food. Or Do you know what he should use as, like, a baby, baby monitor? monitor? Battery-powered baby monitor? Yeah, man. So we can, get, we can get these little moments where it's, like, this shit black and white bit of footage of somebody kind of creeping in or you don't quite see who it is or it's like you know who knows maybe it's like anyways i don't want to spoil some of the mm-hmm. things but but did you see how many likes there was in there no was there a lot i didn't even know I did, I, did i say like like oh, like, there was, like, there like, was like some good likes you were excited about uh, your thoughts as they were coming up ah uh, so see what I, I did there i lost i lost <laughs> i lost my composure so the just just reiterating just so that we we kind of understand there'll be a story chunk and then we will have a couple of artistic shots that will be set up right yes so that we can like so that the movie it's it's broken you know what i mean it's broken up between the story and we have good glorious cinematography as well Absolutely. now we'll try and make the cinematography as good as we can with the two the two sort of wides and the two tights at the same time, hopefully we can shoot with four cameras, you know. Um, yeah, and away we go. It's going to be amazing. Wow. And then what we get is what we get. That's it. It sounds to me like it may be a bit of an editing marvel as well. No. No. Because, because, because we're only going to have... Everything is synced. Yeah. Okay. You just pick which camera you want to use. <laughs> yeah. You're so, right, except we only might try it a couple times. Everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna have to do their jobs. Yeah, like yeah. we, like, like the thing that we're gonna need is lav mics. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what's happening here. All right, but it is very. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this little project. All right, this is great. Let's shut this uh, podcast down. How are we doing, everybody? Happy? Fantastic. You know what? We we're gonna go an hour and a half tonight. Um, we're at an hour and twenty five minutes. I do have one more, one more thing to do. I'm going to put Derek on the spot because he is our guest of honor uh, on this show. Derek. No. (laughs) What I want you to do is give us your top. I I heard somebody else do it. I loved it. I want you to give us your top three to five movies, which you can watch over and over again, kind of like your guilty pleasures. Not necessarily your favorite movies of all time, Mm -hmm. but I want you to give us your top five movies that if they're on TV, you would watch them every single time. Guilty pleasures, uh, desert island movies. What do you got? And don't 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 be 
don't worry. Like, it just like it's not going to be written in stone. It's no, just the five correct. that come to mind. Uh, can't buy me love. Oh, okay. Patrick Dempsey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Back to the Future. Oh, the original. Nice. Uh, I liked I liked the whole series, but the original. Yeah. Um, Halloween. Shit. The first one. Mm. Um, loved the ending of the movie, especially. He's not dead. I shot him five times. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, let me see. Original Transformers gave me the biggest heart on ever. <laughs> I just loved everything about it. Um, Superman, number one. The original. Um, just, and, and even more so amazingly because the ending, and if I, and I had introduced my daughters to it, and when he starts flying and you hear that, and he changes arms and smiles at the camera as he flies off. Yeah. Just makes me weep. <laughs> love it. You don't yeah. understand how much I love the first Superman movie. Yeah. Incredible. I just got to throw one thing out there. The scene where she's voiceovering when he's flying her through the air. Oh. <laughs> so, so yeah. It's so hard to watch. Does he know? Does he know? <laughs> yeah. Does he know what I'm thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh little, my God, kill me right now. Okay, but, so... I, but that movie, I love it. Love How many it, was it. I at? That was five, buddy. That's five? Yeah. That's really another cool. one. What um, else you got? I, still in it. Now, for something a little bit more today. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Uh, love, love, love Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's good. Everything about Shit it. Shit happens. It was just a fantastic movie. It is a great movie. Including the soundtrack. was just so yeah. well thought out and put together properly. The, just, the, just the idea of being in leg braces, breaking out of the expectat- your expectations, breaking free of those expectations. Yeah. Everyone gets on board behind that. Absolutely. This is your box. You sit in this box. No fucking ways. I'm going to run and smash out of these things. I'm going to smash out of these leg braces. And that is what we all dream about. Smashing out of our leg braces. And almost anybody can always use that run, Forrest, run. Yeah. In so many situations in your life. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that was Robert Wright. Was that Robin Wright again? Was that Robin Wright? I'm unsure. We're going to look that up, but we're going to end this show. So listen, thank thanks everybody for sticking around for an hour and a half. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, Derek, for joining. That was Absolutely a lot of fun, man. My pleasure, gentlemen. I think uh, we got to keep having you back and and not do the. I think it was a lot more fun doing the, not the who is Derek Lackenbauer, the sexy human <laughs> being, and uh, and just get into chit chatting and yeah, uh, I enjoyed and it. Whatever that was. I'd a lot love of fun. to love to come back for sure. Alrighty, guys, we're gonna shut down this podcast for the day. Um, is it Robin Wright? Stand by. We're standing by. Stand by. Okay. I'm not going to lie. We did a really good job keeping this show to an hour. And a half. <laughs> and a half. It, was, uh, it was a lot shorter than... Listen, if you guys made it to an hour and a half, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Twitter, okay? And uh, I want you to at mention The Fable Forest. At The Fable Forest. And say... Uh, I made it to an hour and a half on episode 18. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to follow you. We're going to find out who you are. We're going to send you a free DVD, either of one of our two movies, I Was a Greenhouse or Bickerman's Grove. 
up to a maximum of five. We're going to send five DVDs away for whoever makes it this far. And that uh, sounds sexy. It does, right? We're gonna we're gonna give some of these uh, DVDs away that we we had made up. So, how are you, how are you doing over there, Adrian? I, I'm struggling. Yeah. You know, Google. Works yeah, it was Robin Wright. Right. It was Robin okay, Wright. Amazing. All right, thanks everyone again. Hope you uh, hope you followed along and enjoyed. Uh, this is Jason Green. Dream big. And Adrian Constant. Work hard. And Derek Lockenbauer. Sons of bitches. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Fable Forest Films podcast. First frames first. Yes. First frames first. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. If you enjoyed, head over to our website, www.thefableforest.com. Check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content. Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard.